we want to give them everything because we're giving people and we want to just, here's everything I know. But on the receiving end of that, it's too much. Your course you're offering doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can have another level. You can keep building on it. So don't give them everything in the beginning. Just let them take baby steps as they go through. Just pare it down to the essential things that they need to know to make that change. Hello there, content creators. You're listening to the She's Got Content podcast, where it's all about creating content for your coaching business. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Brown, and I'm here every week to help you get your content out of your head, out of your heart, and out there into the world where that information and your services can impact the most people. Get ready to take notes today and then take action, content creators. Let's dive in with today's episode because you've got content to get out there. Hey, and welcome back to this week's episode. I'm your host, Melissa Brown. My guest today has an impressive resume with more than 20 years of teaching and corporate training experience. She's now helping coaches and online course creators with her ninja skills by helping them simplify complex ideas and concepts so their online courses bring needed transformations to their clients. I recently attended a class that Sarah Shoup taught about how to get better engagement with your online students. Sarah really knows her stuff, and she's going to share with us today about how to power up your online course. Welcome, Sarah. Hi. So excited to be here. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, I just really got so much out of that course that you taught recently. And I'm so glad. Yeah, it's just great information. And I am excited about what you're going to be sharing with us today. But before we get started, I want to know, how did you get started? How did you get all of this started in your teaching training career? I would go back to let's say first grade. I knew instantly I wanted to be a teacher. There are a lot of teachers in my family. I swear it's in my DNA. All through school, I was going to be a teacher. I never gave it a second thought. My sister, on the other hand, wanted to be the first nun in space. Like she wanted everything in all weird combinations. I was always going to be a teacher. I went to college, got a degree and for some reason, didn't get into a classroom, ended up working at a company that does training with students of all different levels, did that for quite a few years, and then wanted to have something different in my life. So I wanted to travel, started doing corporate training, and I've been with the same company for 16 years now. Mm. And I've done everything under the sun (laughs) with training, whether it's live training, I create courses now. I've done everything. I've come at it from every angle. And I've always wanted to have my own business and do coaching. I'm the person that everybody comes to with all of their problems. I knew it was something that would be my next step. And I know a lot about training and I understand, especially adults, how they do things differently. And you can be in a classroom of 20 people and there's going to be 20 different ways that they hear you and that they need to be able to process. And there are so many 
amazing coaches out there that have these brilliant ideas, processes, things that can change people's lives. And they just maybe don't have the right way to present it. So that transformation happens. So that has become my soapbox that I get on and I want them to get that message out. So I want to help them be able to do that. And so that's how I've ended up here doing this. What you provide is so needed. You're right. There are many, many online course creators, be they coaches, be they some type of creative. They've got the knowledge in there, but it's maybe difficult to tap into it to actually get that transformation from the people that they want to get the transformations from. It's so needed. We all have our skills. Their (laughs) skill is in that knowledge and not necessarily knowing how to get that out. So I want to be able to help them do that because I have, well, I've taken many courses (laughs) through the (laughs) years and some of them have been really powerful and really amazing. And some I can see have the potential, the knowledge is there. It's just not coming through. I think there are a lot of people that have these one-on-one sessions and what they do is so great. And just that translation into a course that anybody could pick up and run with, it's just not there. And it's hard to do that. Yeah, that's a really, really good point because oftentimes coaches may see, oh, there's only so many hours in the day that I can do this one-on-one coaching. So they're thinking about the courses, but that the brilliance is really in that one-on-one and Mm -hmm. the transformation comes with that one-on-one. There are ways to do it. Oh, sure tap into that. And that's sounds like it's one of your ninja skills. Yes. And I see that (laughs) a lot in our communities where people are, they know they want to level up. They know they're ready to take that big step and everybody's pushing them towards that. So you can kind of make money in your sleep. How many times Mm -hmm. do we hear that phrase? Yeah. But that transition is challenging. And the focus is on your email funnels and your marketing and social and the sales page that has everything everyone wants. And then people actually get into the course and the effort isn't made there to have that transformation actually happen. So people are left kind of like, oh, I don't know if I got out of it what I want. Mm -hmm. And instead, what we want to do is make them just those raving fans where they are telling everybody, oh, you have to take this course. You have to do this. You have to follow this person and let them be your voice out there in the world and bring people to you and want to refer and do testimonials. And what else do you have? I just want it all. That's what I think everybody wants to get to. And having a great sales page is fine. Having a great email funnel is great. But if your content isn't landing, then you're going to not get that big impact at the end. Let's unpack. There's a few things here. (laughs) We've got the, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with the fire hose, Mm -hmm. which some people think they've got to put more in to create a better experience for their client, their student. And then you've got others who it's hard to get the student to engage with the material, maybe it's over their head. Well, there may be a whole bunch of different reasons for that. Well, today we're going to talk about powering up your course with three essential ingredients for action and transformation, because you want your student to take action. 
you want them right. to get the transformation. You want them to get results. And a fire hose is not the way to do it. <laughs> exactly. Don't keep throwing more stuff into that course. There's mm -hmm. a way to do this. Actually, less is more. So right. I'm just going to let you start <laughs> teaching because that's what you do best. So tell us about these three essential ingredients. Well, you're right when you say they have to take action in order to really get what they need out of it. But that action is different depending on what your course is or what your program is or what your offer, whatever it is you're putting out there. If you're just doing information sharing, so you have this bit of knowledge, you feel like, oh, there's no action they need to take. There actually is because you want them to go to the next level, right? So you want them to take the next steps to learn more and to figure out more. So give them a way to learn more when they get excited. Like, Oh, this is really interesting. You want to keep pulling them in. Come on, let's keep going. Let's get deeper. Let's get deeper. And when you're doing something like a specific skill, for instance, I did a training with Google forms and using that for surveys. So I had a step-by-step -step guide. Here's how you're going to do it because I can share that information, but unless you actually turn around and do it, you're not really learning. It's just knowledge in, knowledge out. And unless you actually take that action, do it yourself, it's not really going to stick and you're not going to use it. Can I just interrupt you for one oh, minute? Yes. You just <laughs> reminded me of something. My background is in medicine and in medical school right. and residency. We had this thing where we said, see one, do one, teach one Ooh, for procedures, I like that. for procedure. So you would see somebody draw blood on a human being, you would have to do it next. And then you'd have to turn around and teach someone how to do it. So you could read all the books about how to draw blood. Mm -hmm. You could watch somebody do it, but until you actually did it, then that's where the learning comes in. You're right. And then it's further solidified. It's further helped by teaching someone else how to do it. Absolutely. Because you have to be able to process it differently in your brain mm -hmm. to be able to explain it and get it back out. So if I'm doing an activity, that's one part of your brain that's actually functioning with that to be able to explain it. Well, now you got to get a whole nother part of your brain and then it really does solidify. And I love that. And that's why I'm not a doctor because I wouldn't want to do the blood. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I love that concept. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And I All think right. that goes with, if you're doing a mindset change or you're trying to get people to transform their lives, it feels like, well, then they just have to journal or just think about it. No, they actually have to do something so they have to be able to, if it is journaling, have something where they can maybe be held accountable for that. Now, I'm not saying have them send you all their journals, but have some way that they can have checkpoints of, I'm actually doing this, hold mm -hmm. them accountable in some way so that you know that they're actually taking those actions instead of just putting it out there and hoping that what you said actually gets into their head and they actually do something with it. Yes. Mindset shifts, especially. Yeah. You could be reading about it. You might be mm -hmm. meditating on it, but 
this piece of accountability is really, I think, important. Having right. a checklist and, and checking off things is also really key. Yeah. I like to use the healthy eating example. I know exactly what I should be eating mm -hmm. and I know exactly how to be healthy. I know that. Do I actually do it? No. <laughs> so I don't have that accountability to myself or to, if I was in a program, I would want the guidance and the help and the support, especially with mind shifting and habits and things like that. They need support and in ways to do that. So you have to think about if you're building a course, that's not one-on-one, -on -one, how do you do that? If you have lots of people, if it's an evergreen course where people are just coming in and out all the time, how do you build that into your course so that it supports people the same way you would support them one-on-one? -on -one? And a lot of it, you can automate and do different things. I was doing the training with the surveys and having just a way for them to be able to reach out and have a connection that doesn't put the pressure on you as the course creator, because we do want your businesses to grow. We do want you to be reaching more people and still giving the same impact. And that growing and scaling is challenging. If you're the coach who's looking to scale your business by having an evergreen course, you don't want to be working all the time, almost doing one-on-one -on -one coaching via email with people, but you want a way for people to be able to reach out to you, to ask you questions, to help get unstuck. For instance, the surveys or forms is probably a good way to do that. Right. We were going to talk about, there are three ways that, well, there's more than three ways. Well, let's talk about three of them where you can help them take action. So it's not always saying do this, but there are ways that you can create your course to guide them to that. So the first thing I would say is to have clear action steps. They need to walk into that course, knowing exactly what is expected exactly what's going to happen when they are done. You mentioned this earlier, that fire hose. We as creators have so many ideas. We have tried different things. We know a lot. We want to give them everything because we're giving people and we want to just, here's everything I know. But on the receiving end of that, it's too much. I can't process all of that. I can't make all of those changes. And if you think about as you're building your business and you start getting into bundles and groups, and now you're just bombarded, your email is overflowing with different ideas and different things. And you just, Oh, I can't handle it. That's what your clients are thinking. That's what your customers think when they get into your course and then they go, Oh, I can't. So I'm not. And they never open that course again. They never come back because it's too stressful. It's too overwhelming. So if you make it clear, and then I would suggest go through, write a big list, everything that you want to say, and then just keep pulling out ideas that, well, you know what, that could be a quick little, these $9 things are very popular now, these $9 mm -hmm. offers, pull it out, make it a little offer pull this little chunk out, make it something, a freebie, 
pull this out and give people a taste of what you're doing without blowing their minds with all of these great ideas and just pare it down to the essential things that they need to know to make that change. Your course you're offering doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can have another level. You can keep building on it. So don't give them everything in the beginning. Just let them take baby steps as they go through. Can I interrupt here for a sec? Sure. This is great stuff, by the way. This is great because clear action steps, knowing what your results are, pulling out those things that may be good, but aren't essential. I think mm-hmm. these are, this is great. And having different levels. So you can get people into, I call it the vortex, into the vortex right. of your yes. world. So course creators should be thinking about solving one problem. Yes. One problem with their course. Is that correct? Should yes. we start there? That's like the bottom line is this is the problem that I'm solving in this mm-hmm. course. Yes. And okay. if you look through, if you have your list of things that you want to include, go through and say, does this directly affect that one thing? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Because I think some of us may think, well, yeah, that's kind of related. And so I want to include it. Oh, that's really important. Oh, I love this part. I really want them to know this. Have that be a bonus. Have that be something else that they can do. Have it be a pre-step or a post-step or whatever, but keep focused on that one thing. Because the other part of this, these clear action steps is that you're going to have to repeat yourself. People hear it once. Okay. They need to hear it twice. They need to hear it three times and they need to hear it in different ways. So if you realize that you are going to be repeating the size of your course now really expands. So if you're trying to do 20 steps, it's too much, too much, Mm -hmm. (laughs) back it up. And thinking of that one thing that you want to teach them. And if you have 20 things you want to teach, then have 20 different courses, do something, spread it out, let them pick and choose what's relevant for them and what isn't, because maybe they feel really confident in one area, then they don't need to do that. Let's focus in on the one thing they want to solve right now. And that creates your course vortex, your whole vortex with all these different places where people can come in and stay in inside your world and learn from you. And you're right. They can self-select. They can decide, I want to learn A and B. I don't, not so much C, D, E, and F. Yes. So that helps them self-select as well because it's all kind of broken down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think if you put all of that in one course, what tends to happen is people are like, oh yeah, I'm learning. And then they get to the point where they're like, yeah, I know this. And that's when they just drop off and they kind of give themselves an out like, okay, well, I must know everything. And they don't go past that point. They just drop out. You don't want them to drop out. You want them to stay in and get through it, especially when we're talking about mind shift and transformational kind of courses, they need to go through the whole thing. So give them 
realistic goals in order to be able to do that. Nice. Okay. And then the second thing I would say, as you're going through it, you need examples and stories so that they can relate to those ideas. We do well hearing it from someone else's perspective. And I think a lot of people are great. I know this for myself. I'm great at solving everybody else's problems and seeing what's wrong. Not so great when I look at myself. So if you can get them to see somebody else going through that same mind shift change or trying to create that habit, transform some thing in their life, if they can see it through somebody else's eyes, it's easier for them to realize, oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, that's me. And then they can connect to something rather than connecting to just words on a screen or you telling them, this is what you should do. We're humans. We want to connect with other people, give them a person to connect to, even if it's a made up person and it's a a story that, yeah, like, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then they can really connect to that story. They can learn from that. Now they get it now. Okay. I see what we need to do. I'm not alone. I'm not Mm -hmm. the only one who's feeling this way. Then they can really make some big changes. Examples, stories, Mm -hmm. case studies of some of the coaches' experiences helping people through this transformation. A lot of times, newer coaches who are creating courses or what have you may not have as many case studies to be able to pull from, but there are composites. And you can also use yourself. You don't have to say this was me, but you could, right? Right. Or family, friends, people, mm -hmm. you you got to where you're at because you experienced it with other people, even if they didn't pay you to to help them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think metaphors are also a good way to relate something that might be a little too up in the air, bring it down into reality with a metaphor or some other type of story so they can get it like, oh, I understand what you're saying. And that's why I say also you have to repeat things because that one story they may not connect to, Mm -hmm. but something else they may. And some people do really well with visuals. Some people do really well when they hear it. And some people, it depends on what day it is, what they connect to. So you have to give them different (laughs) opportunities, right? Yeah. I know that for me, there are some days where do not make me watch the video. I just want to read it. I can't hear. I don't want to hear anybody. Mm -hmm. And other times where I just, I don't want to read, just tell me, (laughs) let me listen to something. And you have to be able to give them options with that. Yeah. The different learning styles doesn't have to be individuals who have learning, different learning styles. It could be the same person on a different day who needs to hear something in a different way. And going back to these metaphors, This is something that I've just discovered that chat GPT and these AI sites, you can put your content in there and they can give you metaphors or analogies or parables, which will help reinforce that learning. And this has just blown my mind because I don't think that quickly about, well, which one of Aesop's fables does this lesson here that I'm trying to teach resemble? 
but the chat GPT or any of those AI spinners can actually come up with it so fast. It just, that blows my mind. And that's a good way to think about it as well. You know what you know. That's why you're teaching it. You have to have different ways to explain it. And maybe you don't know those stories. You haven't heard it that way. And to hear somebody, even if it's an AI, put a different spin on it, opens you up to, oh, I didn't think of it that way. And then the person that can connect to it actually is able to hear that because you can add that in and you can add that as another layer to what you're already teaching them. True. Yeah. Artificial intelligence is just opening up so many doors. (laughs) Oh, I know. I can't believe it's only been, I mean, really what, like six months or something that we've been in this little world and it's amazing. Yeah. Well, we don't need to fear it. Right. Not yet. (laughs) Okay. So we've got the clear action steps. We've got examples and stories or telling things in a different way because you need to be repetitive. Mm -hmm. That was number two. Yes. That's number two. Mm -hmm. And then number three, whatever opportunities you can create, and this is going to differ depending on what your topic is, ways that they can reflect and do a self-assessment. Typically we're not training anything where you need to give them a test and they get a score. That's not what we're doing here, but they do need to have an opportunity to reflect on where am I at in this process? What have I learned? What do I still need to work on? And if you can add something at the beginning of your course to get them to realize this is where I'm at right now, not where I want to be. That's why I bought the course. That's why I'm in this program but have them have a point that they can go back to say, oh, I really did learn something. Because with all of our memories, every time you remember something, it changes because we have all of this knowledge that has happened and that hindsight is twenty twenty. If we don't have that point where we can look back to, we think, oh, I, you know what? I don't know if I got anything out of that. When in fact we have. So have something in the beginning of your course to just give them a chance to reflect, do a little self-assessment. Here's where you're at. No judgment. Just right now, here's where you're at. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So self-assessments are good, like right from the beginning. Let's take this self-assessment as we all get started. And then at some point during the course or at the end, and certainly at the end of the course to Mm -hmm. compare where you were at the beginning and where you are now. Right. As the student could be journal questions that they fill out. They don't need to turn it in. They need to hold on to that or even just a scale here, one through five. How are you feeling about this? Have several of those don't overwhelm them with a whole bunch of things. This isn't a personality test. Mm-hmm. It's just here, where are you at? And have those absolutely link up to those action items that you're going to do in your course, have that directly tie into what you're about to teach them. So create your self-assessment, your reflection points after you finished your course. So you know exactly where you want them to be at the end. Have them have a reality check in the beginning of 
here I am. This is again, no judgment. This is just where I'm at right now. Then Mm -hmm. you're right. As you go through, you could have little checkpoints. And especially if you have a really long program, you want to have little checkpoints in there. So they don't get disillusioned. Like I'm not getting anywhere in this, have them realize why I am making some progress. I am feeling better. I have started doing this habit that I really wanted to do or have those moments of, you know what? I need to recommit because I'm not where I wanted to be. Right. And then absolutely at the end, do that as well. So they can really see growth has happened. About three years ago, I bought this course where it's run live twice a year. And after the first time, when I only got through part of it, but that <laughs> As was, we all do <laughs> well, but that was okay because the teacher was all about, listen, not everybody's going to finish this one. The first time around you have access to this forever. It's lifetime access. If you want to go through this with me again, live, there was an option. There was another option to do a lifetime deal. <laughs> and every time it's run you can go through it with her. I bought that lifetime deal because I just love the material and I knew it was something I was going to continue to go back to again and again and again. And what I've loved is that she actually at the end of each module will have a little self-assessment, that little survey that you go take it. And she started to see that people were getting stuck at one point and then she modified it and actually redid some of the material at that point which has been so much better. That's a good point because the reflection isn't just for your people going through the course. It is also for you. So if you can have it in a way that again, depending on the topic, isn't too intrusive into their own personal lives, but a way for them to share with you, this is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. And then see that as you go through, you're right. That's where you're going to find the stuck points. You can't always see, depending on what your course platform is, you can't always see where they stop in a Mm -hmm. course or what they get through. So you need a little checkpoint that takes it out of that platform and gives it to you. So, you know, wow, I get all of these and then I get nothing. (laughs) They're all stopping here. What, Mm -hmm. what is happening here? Is the content too challenging? Do I need to change it up? Do I need to spread it out? what is it? And then ask them they're in the course. They want to get help, right? They pay for it. Let's give them some help. So have a place where they can kind of raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm stuck. I don't know where to go. And a lot of us don't have big communities with sites that people are chatting back and forth or Facebook group. Where do people go to ask questions? they're probably not going to email you because I think a lot of people feel like "Eh, they're not going to read my email or somebody else will get it or I'm not even going to bother. That's a good point. A A lot of times we put these people who create the courses on a pedestal and we think, well, they're off creating a new one someplace and they don't want to hear from me. Mm -hmm. But we, as the course creators, really want our students to succeed. We want them to get this transformation. That's probably a faulty thinking on the part of the student, but you're right. Giving the student plenty of opportunities and places and ways to 
interact with the course creator is the best way to do it. Make it easy for them to reach out and say, I'm stuck. I need help. What about this? I'm confused. Right. Right. And have it be easy for them and set boundaries. People will take advantage of an opportunity to reach out. You're not giving away free therapy or counseling or whatever. Or coaching. Set your boundaries. (laughs) Right. Set your boundaries, but give them a chance to have a connection. Because the other thing, especially when you're growing your business, those connections are critical because those are the people who are going to spread the word of how amazing you are and how amazing what you do is. You need them to feel connected. You're not buying something from Amazon, who's Mm -hmm. this big corporation that we don't even want to deal with. You're a person, show them that you're a person. And I think we do a good job of that in talking about our emails and making it personal and showing that you're just like them and your struggle and what you've gone through. And in a course, then it becomes separate in some ways give them a chance to reach out, especially if you don't have that community that they could talk to other people. And that's okay to not have a community, especially when you're first starting, give them a chance though, to communicate at least with you. Yeah. These connections I think are really important. The, I guess, traditional phrase especially when you're trying to woo people into your community, whether they've bought something or not, the traditional phrase is the no like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. And we often think of that as we're in the selling phase. And then I like to think of the three R's after that. You want people to remember you. You want them to rave about you. And then you want them to refer and be your biggest bell ringers for what you're selling because they got that transformation. So making those connections helps to increase that three R factor. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that gets lost a lot in, especially in our circles that Mm -hmm. we forget about. We're so excited to create and we just put it out there and then we're on to the next thing. And we just forget about what's already out there. And this is an opportunity to go back to what you've already created, take a fresh look at it. Maybe go through, add some different action items that they can do, add some surveys in the middle, add in some stories, break it up a little bit more. Please don't have courses where there's an hour long video for them to watch. Great point. (laughs) Just break it up because we're all busy. We all are doing many things at the same time and know that The people watching your content are not like, I'm going to sit down for three hours and go through this course. They don't, no one has three hours to do Mm -hmm. anything. They have 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. I got 15 minutes before the laundry is done. And then I have to get the kids up or I have to put them to bed or whatever. Oh, this is so true. And it doesn't just apply to the videos where somebody's sitting and watching. There's a lot of these private podcasts or teaching through an audio course. And one of them that I got access to had at the most, it was 10 minutes and it was perfect little snippets and it flowed. You didn't jump around, but once you could say, okay, I got 10 minutes or I'm going to go take a walk and I'll listen to two or three of them. 
it was great. So yes, these really small little snippets of a concept or something. I right, and especially your audio. Yeah, especially when you have to then process that. Uh-huh. So if I'm listening to an hour long thing, all of the stuff from the beginning, I have forgotten. I don't remember that. So I'm losing out on chances to actually grow and learn. But if you give me 10 little minutes or 15 or whatever, but one little concept that I can then sit back and think about, and maybe you give me an actual question at the end to write down or think about, or just then when I'm washing dishes or I'm taking the dog for a walk or whatever, I'm thinking about that. I'm processing that. And then give me an opportunity to repeat it back or relearn mm-hmm. it in a different way and summarize on it. that knowledge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if we go back and just think through these three things, and again, lots of other things you can do as well, but if you have clear action steps, keep in mind, you are very excited about all that, you know, but you don't want to overwhelm people, make it clear and simple trim it out, trim it out. You can always add things to your resources. Don't overwhelm them, giving them a chance to leave. And I love what you said before about, you can maybe take that and put it in as a bonus, right? They can access that still, but it's not part of the course. Right. And you'll have people who want more. Now there is more for them to do. Mm -hmm. And you can even add bonuses, especially if you're doing a live course or program, add it in at the end because you're seeing things as you go through, just add things at the end. You don't need to tell them up front, say, I've got more for you. Here you go. And then they're, oh, I'm really excited and I can go back through. And along with that, add examples, add stories, add metaphors, bring those concepts to life and make it relatable for them, make them be able to connect to whatever it is that you're trying to teach, help them feel that they're not alone. They know others have gone through this. They can really see through someone else's eyes, the change that they want to make, give them those opportunities and do that. Explain what it is. Give them the story, explain it again, multiple times have them hear things and hear it in different ways with different words, different ideas so that one of those is going to click and then give them those opportunities to reflect and to self-assess, have something in the beginning, have things throughout, definitely have something at least at the end where they can realize, oh, I have grown. I have made changes. We are not great at doing that on our own of saying, wow, I've really grown in the last week, or I've really progressed. We always see the negative. We're like, oh, I'm still in the same place I was. You need to be able to have that opportunity to say, no, you know what? I really did grow. Those moments for me are the moments I journal occasionally. I'm not great at it. But when I go back and read things and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what I was thinking like a month ago how much I've grown and changed. And I wouldn't get those moments if I couldn't look back at that time, exactly what I was thinking. 
I call those, when we focus on the negative, I call those the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, because that's really where, unfortunately, most of us live in the A-N-T-S's, the ants, mm -hmm. automatic negative thoughts. Having those journal pages or a survey or a checklist or a note that you took where someone asked you a question and you gave a rating, a number rating, and then you look back two months later and that number has changed, then you see the progress that you've made. And right. it's positive. Hopefully yes. it's positive progress. Hopefully. And if not, then you can assess that and say, all right, well, I guess I need to do something different. Right. And if you're teaching, I mean, we've been talking a lot about like mind shift things, but if you're teaching an actual skill of, okay, how do you create a email funnel each step that they take, have them put it in a spot or somehow acknowledge I've done this, slowly move them through the steps so that at the end they can look back and go, oh, wow, yeah, look at all that I've really created. Give them that chance to reflect on, I did do a lot of things. I did build this or create whatever and give them a chance to feel really proud for what they have done. And that means they're going to be very excited for what you did for them. And that's when you get the referrals and the people who want to just sing your praises because they can see it. Right. Like the checklist. If there's a checklist, step one, they did that two, three, four, or right. that you've got a series of videos. You could even have a checklist for the series of videos. So they see, wow, look at all this I've yeah. done. And praise them as they go through it. Have some way that you can add some fun into what you're doing, assuming the content is appropriate for that, but some way that have a funny GIF in the middle of it. If for this part of the course, it's just a fun cat video or something <laughs> to make them feel like, yeah, I can do this. This isn't so serious. I can make my way through it. Send them email. Even if it's just an automatic email that goes out, just say, keep going. I got your mm -hmm. back. What do you mm -hmm. need? Just encourage them to keep moving forward. Sarah, this is such valuable information. I am so glad that you shared this with everyone. And I know that you've got something else up your sleeve for everyone here. So tell us about this checklist for course engagement that you're making available for people. How do we get it? So there'll be a link and I have it on my site. And my focus has really been engaging in courses. And so what this checklist is going to do is let you take a step back and go through and see, am I doing this? Is there a chance for me to step in and maybe tweak some things a little bit and add in and then take a moment and praise yourself. Like, you know what? I already do this really well because I'm sure that there are things that you are doing very well. And then the things that you're like, mm, you know what? I know I should do that. And I'm guilty of this as well. Of, I know I need to do that. Give yourself the time then to actually go through and take action on the checklist and actually make some changes in what you already have out there. And then when you make your next thing, have that kind of to the side as a little reminder of what you need to include. Awesome. We will have that link in the show notes. So you don't have to remember anything if you're listening right, right now, <laughs> you can just go to the show notes and get that. Tell us your website. Sarah, and what social media platform do you hang out most? I am at sarahshoop.com, S-H-O-O-P. 
very easy to remember. And you can absolutely sing the song because that's what people do. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually not on social media. I have backed off personally from it. And I am really doing a lot of, well, podcasts and bundles and things to get my information out. But the website is the best place to find me. And there's a contact page and I absolutely it's just me. I read every email. I will respond to anything. So I would love to hear from people. Beautiful. Okay. So it's sarahshoop.com. And again, I'll put in the show notes, how people can get a hold of that checklist for course engagement. So we'll have that in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. This has been great. And I really look forward to getting my copy of that checklist and going through that myself. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I could talk all day about this. (laughs) And I could talk to you about this all day. All right. We may have to have you come back on a different subject. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. And thank you all listeners for tuning in again to another episode. And until next week, make sure that you're getting your content out there. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the She's Got Content podcast. I hope you got at least one nugget to take action on this week. If you got value from today's episode, I would be so grateful when you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a second, and it really helps me get my message out to impact even more people so they can, in turn, keep the ripple going. If you're listening on Apple Podcast and leave a review of the show, it would really make my day, and you just might receive a shout-out on the show as my content creator of the week when I read out your review. And last but never least, if you want an endless supply of just right ideas for content you can write about for your blog post, your emails, your videos, podcast episodes, all the content things, then you want to head over to my website at she'sgotcontent.com forward slash content and pick up your free workbook, Never Run Out of Content Ideas. Look for that link in the show notes today, along with the other links mentioned in today's episode. Until next time, content creators, you've got an audience waiting to hear from you and you've got content to share with them. Stop being the best kept secret and make a bigger impact when you've got content out there in the world. (laughs) 